Welcome to Your Insightful Life. I'm your host, Amanda Corbin, author, speaker, and therapist. Join me each week as I share expert ideas, practical tools, and host some amazing interviews with the most insightful minds around. For more information or to get a copy of my book, go to theamandacorbin.com. Now, let's dive in and grow in insight together. Hey, welcome everybody. It is Amanda here for another episode of Your Insightful Life. Uh, today I have what I'd like to be, um, I'd like to call my, my best guest ever. Um, you might know him, he goes by the name of Josh Corbin. So he is, yes, my husband, yes, a pastor, yes, a mortgage broker. Um, and so I've got Josh here to kick off. Um, my 2021 series that's really titled life after so joshua hi 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 honey so i think and i didn't even give you a heads up on what the title of this one's going to be so when i say life after and you fill in the blank life after what for you uh, life after change um that's the biggest one that comes to mind um cool Okay, so life after change is you completing the sentence. So before we get into that, Joshua, tell um, tell me about you. Who are you? So I'm a Tampa native, born and raised. Lived in the same neighborhood almost my entire life. Um, I bought the house next door to my parents uh, 12 years ago. So I've raised my kids, our kids, in the same neighborhood that I was growing up in. So that's fun it's a beautiful community and it's a nice place and um, I went to Tampa Catholic Friday School went to USF for college um, short story is uh, a man and I met you and I met I don't know how to have this take that statement um, <laughs> we are talking we, people are listening <laughs> uh, we met at Grace Family Church in 2000 um, we were both volunteering in the youth program and uh, we met and uh, we took some time to get to know each other. We started dating in May of 01, got married in 04, uh, where that's about the same time we also graduated from USF. And I got a, <laughs> a silly degree called um, a Bachelor's of Arts in Classics. It was a hobby degree. It means little unless you study antiquities. Um, I've done a handful of different things. I've done uh, construction uh, until the housing collapse of 2008 and I was um, out of work. And then I went to be a uh, sheriff's deputy candidate and then I got hurt and ended up out of that. And I worked for my father-in-law for about five years after that. Um, that was an interesting season. And then I went full-time into ministry from basically 2013 all the way to 2020 and then uh, because of COVID uh, my position was eliminated and I was out of my full-time ministry job which is the reason why I say life after change um, in the same vein of time I, I actually got my mortgage license and became a loan originator to make some supplemental income and so 
the change, uh, big change of our life, my life is, you know, I've gone from full-time ministry work to now being full-time uh, mortgaging, and it's a very different world. It's a different um, way of living. It's a different way of earning an income. Um, I think it's a lot more stressful. Uh, it's definitely had its sorrows and its um, pains, and uh, it's been interesting. So, yeah. Oh, uh, I guess I, I forgot to skip this step. Uh, I have a Master's of Divinity uh, that I earned, and I am proud of that. Um, and, and that's that's me. not a hobby degree. That is not a hobby degree. Uh, it's a very useful degree, and I, I I'm proud of it. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So when you say life after change, and then you start, you know, way back to kind of tell the story of us, actually, you started even before that to, you know, where you were born and living right beside. So you, would you say you've lived a life of consistency? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty straightforward. Um, I, I like basic foods when I go to a restaurant I eat the same thing over and over again I think people call that a creature of, of habit, habit. <laughs> which right which keeps me from change I, I like I don't um, you know I, once I find a good pair of jeans I, I just keep wearing them <laughs> or a good pair of umbros those two so okay so change for you when you said life after change what what would you say the biggest change for you has been in the last 12 months? Changing careers. Okay. That's been the biggest change because it's also the way the change came about wasn't, I think the hardest part of it, it wasn't my decision. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I enjoyed my pastorate. I enjoyed my position. Um, I won't say that, that I wasn't trying to figure out my long term um, but the, the the release of my position was out of the blue unexpected um, you know not within my timeline or anything of that nature so it was it was uh, abrupt and you know I had to shift gears very quickly um, which uh, if you're used to driving a manual transit transmission and you're just getting to figure out how to go from like first to second you get a little bit of that grinding and you're not going anywhere and you're not going any faster um that was that was that was me uh basically july august september october yeah probably till about october it took it took quite a bit and even now and then it, it's still i still think about it it still hurts and it's still um it's deflating if you will Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and I can attest to that because I think one of the things you said is um, this was change that came without any choice of your own. Um, it's it's a husband coming home and telling the wife I want a divorce. It's a kid coming home and telling the parents, you know, I'm, um, you know, writing you off. I'll never be in touch again. It's it it's you know whether it's a throat punch or a gut punch that hurts worse. It was that. Yep. Um, so life after change, you know, I, and you bring up the point that change feels different when you don't choose it. Yep. It does. Like, because it's, 
not being in control is usually um well a it makes us vulnerable you know b it makes us um feel powerless um it makes us uh clueless fearful of the future Mm -hmm. all those things you know and thinking that and and one of the things when you first said life after change and i did know this uh, podcast series was coming you know i think at one point i considered maybe life after depression and um, you know sitting here as we're kind of literally just openly having this conversation it's I don't know if I'm after you know that and that's why change came first Mm. versus um, you know I use change instead of depression is there's definitely moments where depression gets the better of me you know there's definitely especially with the change and that's why I chose the word change is you know I've had a lot of sleepless nights um, I've had a lot of anxious moments and uh, stressful moments and trying to choose the best next step has been really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I tend to freeze if I don't know what to do next. And that's really hard with, with change is when I'm, when I'm faced with an unknown, uh, when I'm faced with, um, yeah, I don't know how to describe it more than the mm. unknown. It's literally stepping into the darkness and going, I hope there's something to catch my step. It was like being thrown off a ship and not being asked if you can swim. Yeah. And then you had to choose, well, crap, <laughs> I'm either going to swim and find an island or I'm going to drown. Yeah, basically. And so you were just thrown into deep waters and, you know, I'm given like, a, I mean, you were given a little bit of a preserver, yeah. you know, here's uh, a vest that deflates. I, I I don't know if I, I fully want to reminisce on all the details and I, and I want to be respectful um, to an extent but yes there there was I will say at this point it's still I'm still learning the doggy paddle mm-hmm. you know there's I'm not proficient proficiently swimming you know um, the the sales industry is is difficult it's it's kind of funny because I meet a lot of new people and they go wow it's a great time to be in mortgaging and I affirmed them it is just not for me um, because I'm new it it's it's very different for you know someone who's been in the industry you know three five ten twenty years whatever you've got a lot of old clients you've got a lot of clients that are gonna come back for refinance um, you've got a reputation with, with agents uh, you got a reputation in the community um, I don't have that reputation. I, a lot of people still know me as a pastor and they call me Pastor Josh, which I don't, it's not bad, but if the first thing that someone thinks of me is, oh, he's a pastor and not there's no a loan originator, that yeah. there's no referral, Yep. right? And I think that's part of the change that I'm facing. And and I, I think uh, I was I am like one of many who have put their identity in their work. And I think that was a big part of the change that I faced was um, who I was, was part of what I did and how I made money, um, how I provided an income. And, you know, that not being there definitely was one of the bigger, biggest things, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you bring up also the idea that change brings up the ugly. So I think a lot of people over 
COVID have experienced job loss. Um, and a lot of people probably experienced it like you, right. totally abrupt, you know, and with no, you know, with no future, um, you know, no ideas. Um, so, it, it, you know, life after change and really specifically life after, um, thankfully, we didn't, you didn't have to file for unemployment, but for those listening, like it really is life after unemployment, life after termination, life after job loss. Um, and, and it brings up, like you said, the ugly, it brings up, um, if somebody's struggling with depression, well, there you go. Just light that match. If you're struggling with anxiety, there you go, you know, set that off. Um, it's, it brings up because stress triggers all of our, um, maladaptive, our, our poor behavior, coping skills. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say, I think as your wife, even, even with the termination you handled this better than um our near bankruptcy of the uh construction a decade ago yeah like that so why did you handle this different what extra skills do you think you have now that you didn't have 10 years ago maturity is a big part of it job loss at 38 looks different than job loss at 20 God, we were young. Six. 20, yeah, 25, 26. Very different. Um, you know, I've grown a lot. I think faith has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer in prayer. Big believer in scripture. Um, it's been kind of neat to find a little community. We've, we've formed a little tribe in the last um, several months that we found some pretty awesome people to just authentic people, <laughs> you know, be around, um, on a regular basis. And not that every conversation we had was, you know, uh, theological or biblical, if you will, but just learning to laugh, you know, learning to play games, learning to, um, <laughs> celebrate time. Yeah. Um, you know, and as we've rolled into 2021, it's it's still it's a battle, you know, and and addressing the change and 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 still trying to. I've always had dreams of being a pioneer. Um, I always admired um, Daniel Boone and Davy Crockett. Um, I think the other night I was thinking about what it would have been like to have been a, a pioneer in the early 17 or 1800s and heading west out of past the Appalachian Mountains into uncharted territory and forging your way west and the tenacity and the grit and the strength it must have taken to literally step out into the unknown. Um, and I scared myself <laughs> thinking about it going, yeah, that's really neat, but I don't, it's, um, but for me right now, it's, I'm in my own unknown. I mean, it's still, still there. So mm-hmm. who did you, uh, 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 let me rephrase that. Who was there for you, um, when your job loss hit and what did you learn about your connections? 
say that one more time. Who was there for you when your job loss came about and what did you learn about what you needed? What did you learn about connections? And it doesn't have to be names, but as much as kind of roles or kind of you just mentioned us, us finding our own tribe um, that just really, um, it's kind of a accept you as you are. Um, um, I learned a couple different things and, and uh, I learned a lot about um, some relationships are definitely situational um, you know proximity if you will uh, the, the more you're with a group of people the more likely you are to be in regular communication um, that was a big change um, in a negative way is it was I think still good people, people I love, people I, would, I, I know if I really needed them, I could call out mm-hmm. uh, and they would pick up the phone and we could connect. Um, but the, that regular connection was gone. Um, so that was hard. And, but yet at the same time, I think um, I found some of the most sincere relationships came out of places I wasn't expecting. You know, I definitely within our house, you know, you've been amazing. Our kids uh, have been deeply compassionate. Um, you know, our, my kids, our kids will come up and say, daddy, do you need a hug? Uh, they can see the stress on my face when it's, when I'm not having a good day. And uh, they're very quick to give hugs that they're able to recognize that. We do have some freaking amazing kids. We do. <laughs> and, um, you know, I've been able to build some new relationships with, like I said earlier, just people who've taught us how to just laugh in the midst of craziness and um, people who've actually been through some hard stuff too, you know, that, you know, getting the longer you, that's the, I think the beautiful thing right now is just sitting around someone's dining room table and having a meal or playing a game and hearing a story. Ready? It really reveals um, how similar a lot of things are, and I think that's that's pretty impactful. Uh, I don't know if that really answers your question, but I, I, yeah. Well, so so maybe you said so. Some old relationships came forward, you know, and became um, you just connected to some people on a deeper level. And then others um, faded away that you didn't expect would fade away. Um, and then, yeah, some new relationships developed. Yep. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, going back to the 38-year-old self to 26-year-old self, what would you, um, what would you say to your 26-year-old self who had a similar um, life-altering experience, but? Um, didn't handle it as well as your 38 year old self uh i'm gonna go old school and pull out the bob newhart stop it (laughs) Um, if you don't know what i'm referencing google uh, bob newhart stop it and you'll see an snl skit that you know literally he he tells you that he can resolve your issues in two words and and that's it it's there there were definitely behaviors that i had um Oh, many years ago that that were bad and um, potentially super destructive 
uh, by God's grace, they they didn't, and then I was able to. But it took a while to get through that, and I think there's still um, consequences and repercussions. And I think, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I would actually tell myself to to keep going, maybe persevere a little harder. I I don't, you know, that was a bit interesting. Yeah, I partly believe that I had to, God had to get me through a series of situations, and, and I had to learn some stuff, and which which helped me for ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew what it was like to battle depression, battle alcohol, battle pornography, battle uh, defeat, battle near bankruptcy, battle um, career loss, and, and massive debt. And uh, I faced we faced a lot of stuff, and that equipped me to be able to sit across from someone and look them in the eye and say. You know, I understand. Um, What's that country song? If you're going through hell, to keep, keep on, on going. going. <laughs> don't slow down. Uh, you might get if out. If you're scared, don't show, show it. it. You might get out before the devil knows that you're there. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I'm that. that's why I'm doing the series of Life After because um, there, there's the song that I fell in love with that my son thinks I'm absolutely crazy is the Andy Grammer, um, I Wish You Pain. Yep. Because life on the other side of change for you is um, there is freedom there, but right now, like you said, it's it's the doggy paddle. Um, but I'm sure even Michael Phillips had the doggy paddle before he won his nine gold medals. Yeah, sure did. I, I think uh, it's it's something that no human ever wants to face. No, and that's suffering. We don't like pain. We don't like hardships. Um, you know, this pandemic, amongst a lot of other things that have happened in the last 12 months. Um, I've watched a lot of post-apocalyptic movies, apocalypse movies, uh, and none of them could touch what we've, none of them describe the story of what we've seen. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we get fascinated with fiction in that way. You know, we think of uh, Will Smith's I Am Legend. Vaccine goes out. People turn, the world ends. He's left with him and his dog, and to you know survive. Yeah. Um, or uh, one of my favorites, uh, Denzel Washington's book Eli, right? Nuclear war. You know, there's the big fallout. You got one man on a journey. You know, and it's kind of like a Mad Max kind of thing. And we we look at that going, wow, this is really what it's like if the world ends. And I'm not saying our world has ended, but. Uh, our world has faced something uh, it hasn't faced in a long time uh, since the the Spanish flu outbreak almost 100 years ago um, and so the effect is different I think um, one thing that I've had to manage recently is uh, social media time um, I know we need it I know it's good uh, but it also can be a terrible influence and so it's just metering that is how much time and what and who am I watching, listening to and talking to. And um, because that's definitely been um, a stressor recently to just what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it is a heavy topic and I'm, I'm thankful that you were willing to talk about it because there are enough people have experienced it. And, and that is part of insight is pressing through whatever life after is for anybody. Um, so what do you, what nuggets of insight do you feel you've gained through this? 
fear is really what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned a lot of lessons in the last even couple months of the importance of honesty and being upfront. Yeah. Um, I would. Do you mean with business with yourself? What? Yes, both. Uh, I've learned it through business. Uh, I've had some business situations where um, I was definitely afraid to be honest because it was bad news or not positive news. And just having the, the gall to say, hey, this is what it is. Now, I have a solution and I'm not quitting. Um, but if I, I've, there's also been moments where I've allowed fear to cause me to freeze mm-hmm. and, or to, to try to nav- say something in a way that's not fully upfront and it's not been to my benefit. And so I think, you know, as we face change, so if we look at fear, you know, often if, I, I don't know who said it, but it's that um, oftentimes whatever we're afraid of never actually comes to pass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So fear is what you make it. Yeah, so much of our fear is literally either unrealistic, un, unlikely, um, because the problem is the way 2020 went, almost anything we can imagine is, you know, could seem realistic now, but um, we can we can say that it's unlikely. Um, and you and I spoke even the other day of, um, so this is, we're recording this right after, um, what, two days ago, people raided the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing with that, and I got several people reach out and they were like, I couldn't sleep. I had knots in my stomach. Um, you know, and just hearing the fear amongst my peer group, um, and even seeing a little bit how, how like you perceived the situation, but I think years ago, probably when I was dealing with, you know, being a mom of kids or something, but I realized if I'm doing exactly what I would be doing, even in a worst case scenario, then that's what keeps like a raid in Washington, D.C. from, you know, triggering my anxiety because I would still have to go at least once a week to the store. I'd still have to be a mom. I'd still have to wake up. I like, so knowing that I've decided that my life is going to be my life regardless of external circumstances is what, so I think that goes back to what you're saying. It's, we can let our fear entertain us, you know, and it'll keep us entertained all day long, just like social media. Right. Um, or we can check it and decide, is this of something that causes me to want to change what I'm doing in my life? Do I need to take any additional steps that would increase my sense of safety, well-being in a physical sense um, or mental or emotional, or am I still doing exactly what I'd be doing? So we either have the chance to process it and decide to change, or if we're not going to change, then it's not a mindset we need to be ruminating on. Right. It, it was, um, Many years ago, there was a show called Doomsday Preppers. Oh, yeah. And it was fascinating. Uh, there were people who... who and all different things, like did, corn's going right. to fly from the sky. Yeah, they like. had all <laughs> sorts of worries and fears, whether it was big collapse in currency or some uh, 
nuclear fallout, whatever the case was, and they took all different extreme steps. The for me, I found it interesting because I I actually found myself thinking that way, and 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 it. Not completely unhealthy. Not that I ever, I didn't build a bunker in my backyard. I didn't buy thousands of pounds of food or ammunition or whatever. But it definitely made me think. And then I found that I had to actually, after a certain point, I had to stop watching the show because it wasn't like you were saying. Is you know I, you know here in Florida we have hurricane season, and so we are prepared for hurricane season. You know, we there are there's a smart way of living without living in fear of hey I'm going to. I'm going to have batteries and, and lights and lanterns. I'm going to have, you know, a couple weeks worth of food. I'm going to have ways to purify water, and you know, and then we'll just go from there. You know, it's not. I don't have. It's not about having six months supply of food. It was. It, we have two weeks supply of food. We have, you know, just enough just in case the power goes out, which we have experienced a couple years ago, where we, I don't know, we were out of power for like five days. Yeah. You know, and so that's real. Yeah. There's real preparedness versus, yeah. uh, um, you know, and just because it's something fa- fanciful, yeah, and because it's something we need to prepare for doesn't mean it's something we need to be fearful of. Like, yeah, oh, if we run out of, you know, electricity or you know, that I think maybe our um, our grip with reality, maybe it came with Irma because that she was at a five or something and heading right towards us and then she was a one when she hit us right yeah okay but she was a five within 12 hours of hitting land like we were we were literally like well i remember the conversation you're like well you can drive out of state with the kids and i'll stay here with the dogs and the animals and i'm like hell no like we either all die or we all go yeah and so that idea of, I remember having the conversation with the kids and we were like, we will all get in the front bathroom with the mattress, middle of the house, like, and and literally having a, hey, if, if we're near death during the hurricane, here's the steps we'll take. And having to have that conversation in a healthy way that didn't invoke fear in our kids Maybe I like maybe that was my my shift of if I can't control it I'm not gonna um, ruminate on like the capital can't do it, it you know. Um, well, I just think of the, the great philosopher Dory, who said, "Just keep swimming." Good old Dory. Good old Dory. <laughs> just keep swimming. I think there is, um, and that's a big part of where I'm at now is <clears throat> not standing still, not being complacent or stagnant but actually just just keep swimming I really do I need to you know for for my work as I try to build up my businesses um, you know every day I put effort in you know some days it's easier to put in more effort and other days it's harder and um, but yeah it's it's just just keep swimming absolutely well Josh Corbin with uh, life after change so the insights I'm taking away is fear is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Honesty matters. And good old philosopher Dory, just keep swimming. That's right. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me, handsome. Thanks for having me, honey. So I love you. I love you too. All right. So everybody, if you've got any um, thoughts, questions, concerns, comments, you can find Josh Corbin 
on Facebook and Instagram. He does not live on LinkedIn as much as I do. Um, but y'all are great. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Your Insightful Life. I hope this episode has helped you grow in insight. Please find us on Spotify, Anchor, or any other podcast platform and like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends and family. If you want to get in touch with us, hop on over to my website at theamandacorbin.com and head to the contact us section. I'd love to hear how you are growing in insight and how this podcast is helping you.